coming up. It is our 50th episode, and we are with Patreon now. Uh, Matt and I kind of had a uh, kind of month masterclass, and we talk about what can you do to make things good. We go to UN where we had you shoot celebration themed photos. We go to cross country and we talk about that game called baseball. Enjoy the show. You cannot be serious. That ball was on the line. Konnichiwa, this is Ryu Voko. Shalom, this is Matt Cohen. Welcome to Big Lens Fast Shutter, where we demystify the world of sports photography. This is the first episode on Patreon. Long story short, we've made it easier for all of you who would like to support our show to give us money. Basically, it is going to be as low as $2 an episode. So basically, an episode is, you know, what you're listening to right now, a podcast or a video cast. You know, you just pay us you know, per episode. We thought about it quite a lot. We do provide a lot of information that is very valuable to a lot of the listeners out there. And we believe that what we can, what we do right now is quite beneficial for you. If you think you, you know, benefit from our information, um, I just kind of thought it was quite fair that you would be able to give us some money. And the great thing is that you can really start very, very low. And like having like Patreon as a platform just makes it a lot easier for you to give money to us. This is information that you can't easily get in other places and ordinarily that kind of information is expensive up until now have basically made it free it's still free but we'd ask you to consider what you've learned what we provide a couple times a month every month by doing that just defray some of our costs it's not very much money and we believe it's valuable information and if you're listening we believe you believe it too it will be much easier for us to for instance like give certain thanks and gifts and all that kind of stuff depending on how much you pledge to us per episode details will be on our patreon website and we'll list all the things you can basically do and that information will be available on our website so www.biglensfastshutter.com and the really big thing is that if we get to a certain amount you can have a look at on patreon because you know it'll be a bit of a surprise if we get to have a certain amount per month we will do a live training ground either in germany or in california so basically that would be enough to you know fly matt over once a year with uh, champagne and oysters and whatever oh he can't eat oysters we know what i mean or drink like, champagne <laughs> or drink champagne either he can't do anything so we're drinking water and um eating like you know non-oysters california um, to Germany and then you guys can all basically converge in Germany in Berlin and we can have a live training ground so we'll go to probably will be over the weekend so like you know two or maybe three or four depending on how many we can um, support kind of games we can actually get you know ourselves into and then you'll shoot and then after that we will get together um, over some glasses of water and a lot more glasses of water we will uh, discuss all your photos the good ones, huh? not the not the bad ones, and then yeah, we will have a good time. And I think we we'll very very we we would love to. We've been talking about this for such a long time, but financially, it's very, very difficult to do something like this unless we have you know enough money to pay 
asked to actually, you know, either of us to actually go to, you know, either of the locations. We're quite far apart. Yeah, make our dreams come true. And please support us. Um, please support Big Lens Fast Shutter. It'll be really, really good. And we'll be looking forward to this. And uh, hopefully this is going to work out for everyone involved. News. Here news, both Ryu and I will tell you our best and worst shoot of the previous month. And we talk about ourselves because there's nothing else to talk about. <laughs> I, I, I shot golf again from um, 7th of September. I'm just looking at my calendar until the 13th of September. And I, I hated every single second of it. I can't. I don't know what, what else. I, and I even actually met a guy in Ireland late, uh, like really recently, like a week ago. I was there for a football match. And the taxi driver was a semi-professional golfer, really fat guy, you know? And I was like, and I said, like, listen, golf is not a sport. And I was like, oh, look at you. I mean, that's not, how could it be a sport when a fat guy like that you can play, you know? It's like, come on, man. It's just, it's not a sport. And I hate, I hate it. And he was like saying, it's so, well, it's, what, it's, the, it's the best sport in the world. And I was like, yeah, because fat guys, like, you can play. That's why it's the best sport in the world for, you know, people who want to make money off fat guys like you, you know? I, I hate all the pageantry of golf. I hate the game itself. Matt's wife loves golf, but you know, told I've told her many, many times, like I'm just not a big fan of golf. I'm not a big fan of golf either, and I don't like shooting it. So that's my worst. My best, the Champions League season is upon us, and I I got to shoot, I got to shoot quite a lot of them. I shot mostly the Premiership teams: uh, Chelsea against uh, Maccabi Haifa, Arsenal against Olympiacos, and Manchester United against Wolfsburg. And all three were interesting and boring at the same time, but it's very, very interesting to see how the change in the guards, but it kind of is something like that, that the premiership teams are really struggling this season in Champions League, and you could really see why with the performance of the three teams. And Manchester City, I think they lost as well, which I didn't get to shoot. It's been very interesting for that. Um, that was my best shoot. I didn't have any bad shoots. Um, I was on the road for about five months this year, and so I decided that after my rodeo season was done, I was going to significantly. So all I'm shooting this fall is college football. So I shot three college football games. They were all neither good nor bad. They were just kind of, okay, I'm going to have three more left and I'm going to try some different things because I haven't really spent a whole lot of time thinking about shooting anything other than a rodeo this year. So I am making some notes and trying to do some different things for the last three games. So hopefully I'll have better results to talk about the next time we record but that's pretty much it for me really you didn't have any like bad shoes at all no i shot three games the whole month huh and they were okay yeah they were just okay you know i didn't get anything spectacular or i didn't suck it was just <laughs> just doing my job so if you've never heard of us like if you've never heard us talk about things this is kind of what happens in the realm of professional uh, sports photography that it's not like you get to shoot Super Bowls and World Cup Finals every single day. You know, like it happens to be that one of these great matches are great and you have a good time. And, you, and even if the match is very, very good or the game is very, very good, it could be that you're on the other end of the, you know, the pitch or you missed a moment or you weren't at the right place at the right time and you don't get anything. So at the end of the day, yeah, you had a great game, but... You know, you end up with really shitty photos. It really depends. I just want to give you kind of like an introduction of like that's kind of how it is around here. In Masterclass, we pick a topic in sports photography and we serve it on a plate to your ears. You got something to say? 
tell us at biglensfastshutter.com. So, Matt Cohen, what is Masterclass for people who are not aware of what we do around here? So our goal is to demystify sports photography. And we do a lot of looking at pictures and critiquing and having contests and things like that. But Masterclass is where we talk about something that's important in how you get the pictures. The thinking that goes into it, the planning, the mechanics of it, it's very rarely it's the gear that you would use. But it's basically, this is not run out there with a camera and just push the button a million times and hope that you get something good. This is real world information that we have acquired over our years as professional sports photographers. And we're trying to give you part of our playbook on how to make these kind of pictures. Part of the playbook? I don't think we give all, no? I don't, I don't think we asked you like... The, the playbook is also things that you can't verbalize. Like there are things that hmm. hit me while I'm shooting that it's just an instinct or it's just experience because I've been in this situation and I think I know what's going to happen next or I think I know where I need to be. There's stuff that's written and there's stuff that's unwritten. We're trying to give you everything we can, but there is still the thing that you have to go out there and do it and you still have to learn your lessons and you still have to figure out what kind of pictures you like looking at and what kind of pictures you like making. We can't give you that because there are just some things you have to experience to learn. Yeah. And we've been doing this for three years now. So there's a lot of uh, backlog of these podcasts. And Three you, years? Isn't it three years? Uh, no, it's longer than that. Five years. I think yes. it's five years. I think it's yeah. five years. So yeah. it's five years, even longer. I've aged. <laughs> Matt's like Matt's like a great grandfather by now. Um, that, yeah, there's a lot of backlog of uh, the episodes, not like 49 of them before this, and you can access it um, at biglensfashion.com. And the, each episode will have a masterclass, and you can just get all the information from there. And the good thing is that none of it's out of date. You can go back and listen to any one of them and learn things that you can go out and use tomorrow. So yeah, those episodes don't expire. It's all stuff that you can use right now. It's like about 15 minutes or 20 minutes per episode. So I suggested to uh, Matt for this big 50th episode, welcome to Patreon, uh, one that we do something when things don't happen on your end of the pitch or the court or anything. So imagine you're at a, a football, so a soccer game. The other team so scores the game-winning goal not on your end but on the other side. You're basically stuck with what you... The thing is, like, if... Okay, you can say, like, yeah, but you got a long lens. You can shoot on the other uh, the other side of the pitch, the other end of the pitch, but they rarely come out good. And there are people who are on the other end that have most likely taken much, 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 much better photo. Not because they're good. It's just because they have... You know, they're right there in front of the celebration and everything that's happening in front of them. You have to ask yourself at that moment... What should I do instead? In terms of football, I can't say that you can, for instance, shoot the goalkeeper because the goalkeeper, who is on the same team who just scored a winning goal, is going to be on your end. So he's going to be celebrating. He might be doing something crazy. The manager might be sitting on your end, might be coming that I mean, it's very rare, but might be coming a lot closer to the other end. If, for instance, the, the, the fans, uh, if it's like an away game, the fans actually are on that end. Obviously, the fans as well, if you're sitting, especially on the away end, 
So if you have if you have the away supporters who just scored the game winning goal right behind you, it'll be you know pandemonium. So you just turn around and shoot at the fans. But I'm sure like Matt can then kind of tell you other instances, you know, for other sports that you that would you would encounter quite a lot and what you can do to help you know you have a better picture in the moment that doesn't feel very good because it's happening on the other side of the the, the pitch the game yeah it it happens in football both american and the regular kind to me just to expand on what Rhea was talking about yes you do have a long lens but the thing is when i shoot soccer i'm shooting with a 400 but if the field is 120 yards long and i'm shooting a corner kick at the other end the difference between how far away i am from the action and how far away the action is from whatever is in the background you could have a 1200 millimeter and it's still not going to make it good. The percentage of how far away you are from how far away the background is, is never going to be in your favor in that kind of situation. The reason is the depth of field is just a losing equation for you. You're never going to be able to blur out the background and basically whatever you're shooting is going to be the same prominence in the frame as whatever's in the background. And that goes down for every shorter length of lens that you have. So if you're shooting with a 300, it's going to be worse. If you're shooting with a 70 to 200, it's going to be much worse. And it's not; it doesn't get a whole lot better if you're shooting with a 500 or a 600 or whatever. Basically, everything that I think about when I'm shooting is how to make a picture that's three-dimensional. I want there to be a feel to the picture. I want there to be depth to the picture. I want it to jump off the page. And that's never going to happen when you're shooting something that's too far away. We talk about this all the time. It's not just a goal. It could be a celebration. It could be just a coach walking out on the field. But if you're not close enough, that picture is not going to be good. It's just, it's a fact of physics that it's not going to be good. If there's a corner kick at the other end and you, the team might score and there's a bunch of fans behind you, there's really nothing wrong with putting down your long lens and picking up the wide angle and turning around and shooting the people in the crowd behind you, or like you said, shooting the goalie or trying to get the bench or something like that. Because those pictures, believe me, are just as, if not more valuable than the picture of the actual play. Because there are going to be people who have a better angle on it or who are closer. And that's the picture that's going to get used. Basically, everybody has access to all the pictures. If you're a professional photographer, and you go to a game, even if you work for a newspaper, those pictures are eventually going to end up on the wire. So everybody is going to have access to them. And if you're an editor and you go on there, you're going to pick the one that's closer. What are you going to do to get your picture used? Well, you need to make a more interesting picture than that. Certainly a more interesting picture than you could make from your out of position position. And that does mean shooting the crowd. It does mean shooting anything that's closer to you, hopefully with a wider lens to get that pop off the page. A corner kick is just a corner kick. But if you have a whole bunch of supporters wearing the jersey and maybe they have makeup on or maybe they have a banner or something like that, that's just going to be a more interesting kind of picture. So that's what we're talking about. There are other things to shoot. Um, What happened like... What happens like in American football games? That, does that kind of stuff happen a lot as well? Yeah, it's the same thing. What would you do then in that, in that instance? I like shooting football, I don't know, maybe 70% from the end zones. And I run back and forth depending on who has the ball and how close they are. 
let's say that the, a team has the ball and they're on their own five yard line. So I'm going to be behind the quarterback and I'm going to be shooting either the quarterback looking to make a throw or I'm going to be shooting the defense coming at him because I'm going to take advantage of the times where I can get as close to the action as possible. And that's one of them. But let's say that the quarterback who's on his own five yard line throws a, a long bomb and there's a touchdown on the other side of the field. And that's again, it's 115 or 120 yards away from me. I'm not even going to bother. I, I put my long lens down at that point and I'm looking for the crowd or if I keep my long lens I'm going to be looking at the sideline because that's half as far away the coach on the sideline and the team who might be celebrating that touchdown is 50 yards away instead of 120 yards away and so I'm going to be keeping my long lens and shooting something like that there is just no good reason to keep shooting that long bomb because it's too far away and it's going away from you. You know, that guy's going to catch the ball and he's running towards the end zone. So the best you're going to get is somebody trying to tackle him. But so what? That's just another tackle. Or he misses and it's not even a picture of a tackle. At that point, you need to figure out, okay, there's nothing here. Like that's one of the most important reflexes that you can possibly have as a photographer is recognizing when there's nothing there. Recognizing when the play has gone by you, is going away from you is blocked by a referee or something like that. And then right after that, figuring out where is the picture if it's not here. It's going to be somewhere, probably. And that could be the crowd. It could be the coaches. It could be the bench area. That's what you want to look for. And so you need to hone that reaction. Okay, it's there's nothing good here. It's 80 yards away from me. It's 100 yards away from me. What can I shoot that's closer to me? What can I shoot that's more interesting than the back of the guy running with a touchdown? one of those things that you, you do have to be concerned well, because it will happen to you time after time after time and so many people shoot you know the other end with the long lens and just call it a day because that's what you know most uh, agency people do and newspaper people do but that's not what you want to be doing you need to be a bit, bit different thinking a bit different as well i mean if you don't know anything about sports photography um i think here really is a chance to go back to your um catalog and have a listen to and see what you can um find out If you're listening to this on iTunes, we would really, really, really appreciate it if you went and left us a review and a rating. I had actually never been to this page on iTunes before, and it's interesting because we are averaging a four and a half star review out of five. So we have 17 five star reviews and 10 four star reviews and zero three star and zero two star, which is good. Uh, but we do have one one-star review, and that's thanks to Ryu uh, age discriminating against people. So it's good that we are mostly positive and that we have a bunch of people who have written us reviews. But despite the fact that we've asked you to go on there and review and rate us, there hasn't been a review in here in two years other than the one of, about Ryu being mean to old people. We would really appreciate it. It doesn't take very long. Some of these are one line. It could take you 15 seconds to go in there and find us on the iTunes store. Just type in Big Lens Fast Shutter. Just, you know, give us a five star, four star rating, lower if you really think we deserve that. Then just write us a line of something so the people who are searching for this kind of thing and find it will realize that this is probably a pretty good use of their time. So do us a favor. It doesn't cost anything. It doesn't really even cost you any time. Just go on there and give us a review and a rating. We would appreciate it.
And you can say, like, give us a five star and just say, use a dick. It's fine as well, you know? I'm totally fine with that. Yeah, that's fine too, because he is. Yay. Not only is you in a monthly themed competition, it is your chance to bask yourself in sports photography limelight. Listeners pit their photos against one another for a chance to enter the kingdom of BLFS and of course win a t-shirt while you're at it. If you want to play along, pause this podcast now. Paused. Good. Now go to our Flickr group page and click on this month's you win thread. Will you win? Find out now. This is a part of the uh, the, the podcast where the first place gets a t-shirt of your choice. We talk about all the uh, third, second, first. And what is unique is that Matt and I have not discussed who we think, who, in, who we individually think should place third, second, and first. So we have a discussion along the way until we get to first place. There's a lot of juggling at the end. We say, okay, I don't, you know, give you that one, but I won't give you this one. I'm, no, no, I really don't understand why you're taking this one, blah, 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 all that kind of stuff. Because we also have preferences. Like, it's not we have, you know, have exactly the same taste in photography. Let's see how it goes. Third place, Matt Cohen. First of all, hold on. Tom Beer, you don't do this again. Okay. This is not cute. Don't do it again. I'm not happy about this at all. It's in the rules, right? Yeah, it's only one per person per month. Please limit submission to one per person. Um, I hate to come down on you, but don't do this again because I'm really irritated about it. And when, men get, when Matt gets irritated... It's not fun for me, so please don't. We have a themed one. This one is called, it's because it's 50th episode and it's celebration. Matt Cohen, your third place goes to. I'm leaving third place empty. Really? I only like two of these pictures. I will give it to Tom Beery, even if he cheated. It's a shot of, I think it's after a game rugby. I don't know what it is. I don't know what, what the sport is, but they just won. They're having a champagne thing. And the guy in the center is, uh, you know, covering his eyes so the champagne doesn't get in his eyes. It works because obviously it's lit. So the water is lit by the, the light and also probably people, you know, using flash. Maybe, maybe. I'm not, probably not this one. But there's a lot, there's a light coming from behind so you can actually see all the, uh, the, the water drops. And it's a very run-of-the-mill type of celebration. And he captured it well. And that's my third place. Uh, that is my second place. Ah. Yeah, I, I do like this picture being irritated with Tom aside. This is a good picture. I would have increased the contrast a little bit because the best part of this is that it's super dark, but then you have the champagne in the air and the faces and whatever. I would have amped it up a little bit so that you're accentuating the best parts of the picture, but that that's just a side point to the fact that it's a good moment. I really like the guy on the right edge with his number one in the air. Mm. That's that's good. So this is my second place. Really? So that means like my second is Kevin Sosa's uh, Delgado celebrating a goal. I liked it because I think the luckily the ball's in, in the thing and he's in the air and it's just I, I find it very very good. I'm not too crazy about the guy's foot kind of sticking out but I thought like it's very well composed and it's just well done. It's very clean kind of simple stuff but it really worked for me so that's my second place. Yeah that's my first place. Really? Um, I, I do like this and you know honestly this is one of those times where a non-standard crop would probably be the best mm. i don't know you might be able to cut out a, 
a four by five vertical out of it and maybe that would be better yeah. but i don't like the leg of the no, other guy no. and i don't like the yellow safety vest and the yeah. guy with the yellow t-shirt on that's but that's very dangerous incredibly right? yeah but if you cut that one it's quite tough you know what i mean i would either make this square or i would make it a four by five so why is this better than other ones the ball being in the frame is nice because you're not asking the people who are looking at the picture to understand why he's celebrating or where he was or you know anything like that it's it's there so you have the goalposts mm. and you have the end line you have the net which I really like how they're almost exactly half of the picture is net and almost exactly half of the picture isn't net. Visually, I, I like that. I like the goalpost being straight up and down right in the middle and then the ball in there is good. But the best part about this picture is this is what we're talking about when we talk about celebration. I don't want somebody smiling. I don't want somebody just making a fist or something like that. This guy, you you can't really celebrate more than this. Like he's in the air, he's pumping both fists, he's yelling his eyes are closed. Like, this is what we want. You have a celebration picture. It needs to be all the way. You can't have somebody 75% celebrating and expect that to be a really impactful picture. They really need to be going the distance. And that's why I like this. Like, there's these other ones, like the one right below it. It doesn't matter that the guy is missing part of his arm. This is like 25% celebrate. You know, I don't even know if this guy won. He may as well not have won because he's really not celebrating. When you're talking about emotion, you want to have the extremes. And a lot of times that just means catching it at the right time because you know this guy Delgado when he landed or something like that he might not have had his fist balled up and he wouldn't have been in the air anymore the expression on his face slacken just a little bit then you don't have anywhere near the picture that you have here so a lot of it is timing but you need it you know whether it's dejection you want the you know the real anguish and when celebrating you want a real celebration and that's why I like this one is because it's composed well. Ah, I think it's composed really well. And you don't get straight lines like this in football. You really, really don't. It's always more angular, you know? You don't really, really don't. And I honestly think the fact that he's jumping in the air and doing this and just kind of everything all in one place, I think it works really, really well. But I think to me, like I what I really did like, and that's my first one because to me, I understand that celebration is all about. It's 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 probably one of the most important thing in sports photography is celebration. It's not the action. I don't really understand where people get so into the action. It's a competition, and it has to be winner and a loser. And the most important thing, at least for me is the moment where something is decided and the losing and the winning and that moment should be shot and should be celebrated and should be shown instead people kind of get to saying like oh look like you know this is a really great action shot like yeah, but it's an action shot it's not sports sports there's always a winner and there's a loser and you have to have to have to have to understand that because a lot of it's like we know we had this like theme competition for you know for five years and when we had the celebration theme, because it's not something that it's not like thousand themes we can come up with for sports photography, people fail to understand that essence of celebration. Like what Matt said, like that dude with the one arm, like he's not celebrating. He's not celebrating at all. Like what's what? Where is celebration? Where is it? There's nothing there. In that way, I think Sharapova making this fist to me was this very 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 subtle. But the fact it was lit like this, and the fist kind of like she's kind of pumping. I really, really like. and that's all the reason. The only reason I really like this is that the lighting, you cannot even make her face. But I just kind of thought it really shows, like, okay, you know, she's got really weird fists going on. But it, the fist 
part of the picture is very good, but the rest of it isn't, and it's not good enough. They, this, it's not good enough. I do like the lighting. I do like the the way the light hits her fist. I mean, that doesn't happen like that very often, and to get something like this is something. But the problem is the light on her chin is distracting, and not being able to see her face just sucks. If you couldn't see any of her, if her fist was the only thing there and everything else was like almost completely in the shadow, then that would be one thing. The problem is that the visor is white and that takes away attention from the fist. And then what you're looking at are her shoulders and her and her top are more prominent than her face and that's not good. So I agree, I agree, I agree. This like the the remnants of a good picture you, it didn't come together and that happens and it doesn't mean that you didn't do good work it doesn't mean that you didn't notice it honestly it doesn't even mean that when you were looking through these and you said okay i have something here that that wasn't a good instinct because i, I think it is the problem is that you need the face or you need nothing and you're caught in the middle with things that are more prominent than the face and that's not good it makes it less of a picture. I agree, I agree. It's not like I'm disagreeing with you on this one. I really like the fist. I really, it, you know, against her top like that and the way the light, you know, that's where most of the light is going is really cool. If she hadn't been wearing a visor and her face was turned to the side a little bit and you got kind of like a little profile silhouette thing, that would be good. But it's not enough as it is because there's too much emphasis on the, the less important things. And the fist is so small in the frame that it's overwhelmed by her hat and her shoulders and her top and everything. And it's just, it doesn't work. It just doesn't work. I think the first place is going to be Delgado because we had it on second and first and this, you know, laws of average. But I really do think that he made it a bit more interesting. And the fact that there's another way, you know, to choose celebration because we I never thought about it this way. That's a really good idea, you know? If you can actually fade everything to black and almost black and have just that. And I understand there is that distracting thing because I do, I think I, I, I feel the shoulders to be even more distracting than the chin, you know? Like that really, I don't know why, it just really, really does. But there's not much he could have actually done because if he underexposed it even more, I think the fist will disappear as well, you know? Uh, there's nothing... Then the visor Yeah, there's stick. nothing that... There, no, there's nothing that he could have done here. No. The visor is the, the, is the chief thing that's screwing him because if it wasn't on, he would have had way more options. That's it. Yeah. The problem is this is, like I said, you know, there's there's one thing that's really great in here and the rest of it just doesn't work. And it's not his fault. He didn't screw it up. He didn't miss a moment. Her head could have been turned toward the light and it still wouldn't have worked because there's still more light hitting, reflecting off of the visor than there is hitting her face. And that's, it's never going to mm. work. It's just He just got screwed by her choice of what clothes she was wearing. That's it. But it doesn't mean he's any less screwed. And, you know, the, the degree of difficulty in this and the idea, if it had been executed properly, would have, to me, been a better picture than this champagne celebration, but it didn't work. And so if you're looking at which picture is better, the champagne celebration. All right. So I think we should give this one yeah. a third then, you know, because like for, for effort. Yeah, ingenuity. But, but the champagne one is a better picture. It's just, it, you know, it's it's a more common picture and it's certainly an easier picture to get, but it doesn't mean that it's not a better picture. It is. I tried. I tried. I tried. You know, Matt, Matt gets his way this time. Sorry. I mean, it's just, you know, and, and you, we ha you have to realize that we don't talk about any of the photos at all. 
before we start the show. So it's really I hadn't even looked at any of them before. Yeah, so there you go. Kevin Sosa, I think, does he have... We need to think about another prize, huh, for the next, you know... Uh, you know, prizes are us not yelling at Well, think about it. Like, if Kevin, if you haven't actually got the t-shirt now, I'll send you one, all right? So, we'll, uh, just let me let me know um, through com or by Twitter or whatever. I think we'll make it work. By the way, so to participate and you win, um, go to Flickr.com and search for a group Big Lens Fast Shutter. Find the latest UN topic, follow the directions, post your pictures, and just, you know... Hope for the best. Uh, next month, it's back to the non-themed. This is the non-themed year, which I think is a disaster this year. I really think. I I honestly think like people work better when, when we when we tell them exactly what they have to shoot. No? Yeah, maybe. What do you think? But anyway, we're going to keep on going because usually for the past four years we've given theme every month. So let it be like, you know, we do panning or we do celebrations or we do losers or we do winter. Or we do all these things and we decide this year not to have any sort of theme. And it's been terrible, the pictures, you know. This probably might be the best month, right? Don't you think? Uh, yeah. <laughs> and then we gave people a theme. Scientifically proven now that having a theme is better. But listen, for next, you know, we got couple, two more months left. So please uh, get cracking and um, send us your best picture. One, One picture per. Don't do this again. We'll just disqualify. In addition to this podcast, we also run a monthly critique called Training Ground. And it's where you put your pictures that you are not sure about or that you want help with. We do it on YouTube. If you go to YouTube and search for Big Lens Fast Shutter, you'll find 12 or 15 examples of the ones we've done on video before. You'll see that we can be pretty harsh, but it's probably the most direct way that we can help you get better. If you think that you've got a great picture, but it's not good, we'll tell you why and how to fix it. We might just yell at you for doing the same old thing over and over again, but those are the chances that you'll take. Again, in addition to the podcast, we do a video critique. It's called Training Ground, and you can find it by going to YouTube and searching for Big Lens Fast Shutter, four separate words. Cross counter. Think we only say bad things about sports photography? You say we got no soul? Hell no. We're going to prove you wrong with... Cross counter. Time to hold your fellow sports photographer's hands as we tell you why a specific sports photograph makes us quiver with joy. And it does sometimes. And it's like there's some really great sports photography out there. On this age of get their, you know, get your shitty photographs um, to your editor as soon as possible phase. The reality is that a lot of agencies, including Getty and AFP and Reuters and all these people, want speed above anything else right now. So you can see if you go to any sort of event, it's, you know, big enough to actually have, you know, professional sports photographers there. They're basically half the time sending photos because you shoot, you take, you shoot, send, you shoot, send, you shoot, send. Because what they want really is uh, speed over quality. And it's sad. It's very, very sad. We're quite a, we're kind of like slow cooking sports photography. You know, we're trying to make you a better sports photographer and not an agency photographer who doesn't really give a shit about what they're sending because, I mean, that's, it's not their fault. It's really the editor's fault by thinking that they need something very, 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 very fast all the time. So, we have decided to talk about the National League Division Series and 
American League Division Series. For those of you who don't know what I'm talking about, that's baseball. And baseball in America is right currently in... We're in the playoffs. It's baseball playoffs. It's really... Baseball is ridiculous because there are 162 games in the season. <laughs> the only ones that really count are the ones in the playoffs. So anyway, I don't like shooting baseball. I don't like watching baseball. I watched exactly one baseball game this year, and it was watching the Pirates get eliminated in the wild card game, um, the team with the second best record in all of baseball only had one game of playoffs, which is ridiculous. I was on Twitter, I guess, while this game was happening, and I saw a vine of one of the Toronto Blue Jays players hitting a home run and then looking around and then flipping his bat in a very dramatic kind of way, which was interesting because it's kind of an unwritten rule in baseball that you don't do that, but you know, that's ridiculous. And we, as sports photographers, want celebration really even more than great plays. So I, I watched this six-second Vine about 50 times, I, I think at least. Like, my wife and I just sat there <laughs> looking at my phone, and she kept saying, let it play again, let it play again. And, you know, so I did because it was amazing. I didn't think right then that there was going to be a good picture of it because I couldn't tell what the angle was that he was doing it. Like if he had been completely facing the outfield, people might have just been screwed because it would have been too far away. And it was really kind of a dramatic moment and it was kinetic. You know, it was his face and how he was throwing the bat and which way he threw it, all of that combining to make a really cool little video, but I didn't know until later when I saw this picture by Tom Cesarbowski. That's my best guess on his name, of Getty Images, who was between home plate and first base, and he got the picture that I was hoping that someone got, which is Bautista, bats already in the air, his hand is going across his body, He's got the same look on his face that he did in the video. But more than that, everybody in the crowd has their hands up. His teammates are starting to run out onto the field. This is the best possible picture there could have been of that moment. And I really enjoy it. It does what all of those frames in the video were doing. It tells a story in one frame instead of all of those frames. So I really like it. I do too, to an extent, being a great moment in sports photography great moment doesn't necessarily equal great photos i think last year we was it last year we talked about odell beckham jr's catch where it was a good catch but the photos that weren't any good and it was probably a very difficult catch to shoot because no one was really in that area where they had it in a really like wow like look at that photo not look at that catch if you know what i mean and I kind of feel this Batista thing kind of being the same way in that I love the moment. But if I take the moment out and just look at it straight on the picture, you think, okay. It's just like kind of straight up, okay, the guy's just... By the way, flipping a bat is just kind of flinging the bat, like just kind of throwing it in the air. It's a baseball term. If you don't know baseball, that's kind of how they say it. Basically, they're throwing the bat, that's it. And then it's very frowned upon to do that because, you know, they're proud people, these baseball people. I'm okay with this. I'm not as excited as Matt Cohen because I think Matt probably watched way too many vines and he just kind of got imprinted in that. So I'm, su- I'm assuming when you see the photo, he sees it moving, which I understand because if you look at the picture, if you look at the video of it, it looks really, you don't really see that often in baseball. It's probably also why as well. It's more to me like a historical moment thing, um, not necessarily a very, very good sports picture. And in cross kind of we think like how you can do it, like how you can actually shoot a similar shot. Obviously, it's just, a thing that it has to happen, you know, like 
thing has to happen but it's quite straight up like it's just there and people kind of coming out and things like that something you cannot control so if they do they do if they don't they don't i wish it was a lot lower angle and i even thought like if it was um wide angle but wide angle you can't see him anymore and i was thinking like even maybe tighter but it won't really you know i don't know if that's gonna really work either this is what happens by the way in cross current like sometimes we both we agree like one picture is very very good and sometimes we kind of completely disagree with you know what's going on so on this one i kind of slightly disagree my one is the national league division series where the horrible horrible new york mets for such a long time beat out the la dodgers who just cannot I can understand like I don't know Kershaw and uh, what's the other guy's, guy's name the dude Kershaw and Granky uh, yeah. they just can't put it together and oh, whatever that's not really important so anyway New York Mets you know the laughing stock of uh, all of New York or the entire nation after the Cubs probably is uh, going through and there's a you know I think after they won this is the big celebration that the pitcher did and I like the fact that because you don't see like most celebration photos you see of baseball the moment after they win is the picture and the catcher hugging each other kind of i'm sick of seeing it because i don't see any variation but he is jumping in the air and you can see that he is celebrating he's got his fist and everything as well and uh i i, I find it very very good it's a bit too instagramish like it's too I'm assuming the original is a bit wider, and I would like to see the wider one or the actual original and see like how maybe it was even better. But since everything needs to be really, really up close for some odd reason, because no one really likes wide angle shots, which is a terrible, terrible, it's a travesty. But this is kind of I really like this one. What I don't like about it is that the people I don't are the people in the was this I in think LA? no 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 yeah because there's I Dodger have, no no because this is, it's a clinching right. The, the point of it is that I would have liked to have seen the grass to see how high off the ground he was. And I would have liked to have seen the people celebrating in the background. It really looks like there's nobody at all celebrating in this whole section. Um, so that kind of sucks out a bunch of the energy for me. I do like how his body is. I don't mind the f- at all that you can't see his face because it, it's really kind of like an avatar for the celebration. It's not, it, this guy didn't do anything right then. He's just celebrating. And so that's, it's generic in the best sense of the word. Like if you want, if you're an editor and you're looking for, I just want a picture that really says celebration, the way he's celebrating is good. Unfortunately, you have the, everything in the background that's not helping at all. So I like it, but I guess I'm as reserved in my, praise for it as Ryu is for the one that I picked and that's fine pictures hit people I guess in different ways the funny thing is is that if you scroll down a few there's one of the same moment almost exactly the same moment really from behind and it does have the grass in it and it's really not this doesn't even this doesn't it's really you know what this is kind of a good lesson I think if you look at this from the front there's nothing else that this could possibly be other than celebration. If you look at it from the back, it doesn't say that to me. It, this could be there was a live ball and he just missed it or something like that. Like this does not say celebration, even though it's basically exactly the same moment in time. It might even be exactly the same moment in time, given like the position of his feet and everything. It just does not have the same impact at all as the other one. That's kind of an interesting thing. If you think that, oh, this picture's pretty much the same as the other one then look at these two and figure out exactly how different they are and what they say 
I don't think he's a pitcher either. And they did play in LA, so I'm sorry. I wish like people like more people were devastated. You know what I mean? That'd be really cool if you can just see all the people really sad and just one guy really celebrating. I don't know if fans get devastated anymore. I think that it's not symmetrical between how happy the winning team fans are versus the other ones because the other ones are thinking, okay, well, it's football season now, so I'm going to go watch my college football team or my pro football team or whatever. I really don't think that people get crushed by their team losing because they're just, uh, well, next season. Especially but. like LA, they do go to playoffs quite a lot compared to the Mets where, I don't know, I think the last time I, I, I remember was the Subway Series. Like, what's the World Series? Yeah, but baseball's baseball, whatever. And with that, we end the 50th episode of Big Lens Fashion. I don't think we, I even thought I was going to go that far. Can't do this without you, my beautiful listeners, and obviously our wonderful producer, Rob, with two Bs. Even if you're not as evil as Matt Cohen, please go to our Facebook page and like us. Better yet, do that and subscribe to our blog at BigLensFastShutter.com so that you won't miss any of our latest and greatest hits. You can also go to Flickr.com and join in the group. Uh, you can, that will be searchable, basically, Big Lens Fast Shutter, and you'll be able to find it. And if you love us even more, please rate this podcast, like Matt Cohen said, on iTunes, and just give it whatever stars that you think we deserve. And lastly, please give us some money on Patreon. That would be really, really great. If you feel, if you honestly feel that we're helping you with your sports photography, please give us some money. Because you know what? I think we deserve it. And you know what? Honestly, I just thought of this just now, but if you think that we're not worth a couple dollars an episode and you're still listening, can you explain to us why you think that we're not or what we can do better? I'm, yeah, I'm serious. I would love to hear that. Because this is not a podcast for Ryu and I. It's a podcast for you. So I, I think it really does come down to if you think it's worth it, then we would really appreciate your couple dollars per episode. And if you think it's not and you're still listening, tell us why you think it's not and tell us what we can do better because we do want to make this better it's not perfect we're not professional podcasters so we're more than willing to listen to things that we're doing badly or things that we need to do that we're not doing at this point in time 50 episodes in those are your two choices kick us a couple dollars or help us make it better for everybody i didn't even thought about that so um thank you very much for listening and see you next month